Hi, it's Ashley Kane here. I wanted to let you know that this podcast contains difficult themes of suicide and alcoholism. Listener discretion is advised. Please only listen if it feels safe for you. I wanted to be world champion, so it didn't matter what was along that journey to get there, I was going to overcome it. Welcome to Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts, the podcast. An inspirational, motivational podcast to strengthen you, to inspire you, to make you believe that no matter what you're going through in this world, that you are strong enough to overcome it with a fierce mind and a kind heart. In this podcast, we'll be exploring some amazing people's tough struggles, but also their amazing moments so that you can relate, so that you can understand and so that you can implement some of these values into your life to help you with your own personal situations. Let's go, champ! I want you to know with this podcast that you're not the only one that's going through the things that you're going through, and we can help you. Listen up, learn, and have an amazing journey. Let's go, champs. From the World Championships to the Olympics, today's guest has competed on the biggest stages. She dominated in both female and male cycling-led competitions. An athlete known for her power and strong resilience. I wanted to welcome the British BMX racer and track cyclist, Shanice Reed. Wow, listen, I've had a little read up on you and I've understood and got to know a lot of things I didn't know before. And your CV is impressive. What you stand for, what you've overcome, what you've achieved is absolutely incredible. So I was really excited to sit down with you today and delve a little deeper because I think there's so many things that you've had to go through in your life and that you've overcome that could help so many people out there. So welcome. Thank you, Ashley. I'm super, super excited. Like when I got asked to do this, I was just like, of course I'll do it. Like, you know, so much respect for what you do and like, and obviously gone through and everything. If you can get something from, you know, part of my story and my journey, then yeah, but I'm just super honored to be here today. So in this podcast, basically, I want to kind of deliver messages from people like yourself, people like me, to their listeners to help them get through their life, combat any and all adversity that will come their way. Be better people, do better things. Be able to survive and cope in this world. And my kind of philosophy on that is you need a fierce mind and both a kind heart to be able to deal with what life throws at you. Looking at all the things that you've achieved, there's no question that you've got a fierce mind, one of the fiercest. I want you to tell me a little bit about when that fierce mind ignited, when you realised that you did have a fierce mind and when you learned how to implicate it into your life to get through things, to achieve things. Yeah, I think, you know, like having a fierce mind and, you know, like that's always been my sort of thing. And I can remember clearly when it was that I sort of developed that kind of tenacity and that drive, so to speak. And I love that word, tenacity. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? I yeah. always keep it in there. <laughs> but I was I was doing athletics and my dad, like my mum had me at 16 and then my dad, he was Jamaican, had about 15, 16 kids and he came to athletics to watch me one evening. And he said to me, I won, like I was winning all my races. And he was just like, you're never going to do anything in sport. And I looked at him and I said to him, just watch. And I said, like, watch this. And basically, like within a year, I found the sport of BMX. And that it was the biggest driver for me was being told that I couldn't from my father 
I was like, watch this. Yeah. You gave me the genetics. Do you know what I mean? I've got the drive. Let me see how far I can take it. You had a, you had a point to prove then. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's interesting that you say that because it's very rare in this world that people can, can take that negative and use it as a driving force. I mean, a lot of people in life, they need positive encouragement and influence, and all of us do to a certain point. But I've, I've felt what you said a lot recently and, and before, and when people tell me that I can't or people do not want to support me, it's it just best. ignites a flame even more to want to prove them wrong and want to show people how much and how far I can really go. It's funny. So you did athletics, because mm. I used to do athletics. So yeah. I was 100 and 200 meters. I was sprinter. 100, yeah. Powerhouse. Like, yeah, powerhouse. That was it. Yeah. Like short and sharp, boom, done. Yeah, and I was, I loved it. Anything that was cheap. So you needed a pair of shoes. Like so back then, like because I was in a council, you know, I've been a council estate. Anything that was cheap or I could, you know, just do, I'd do. And like athletics was, you know, was my thing for a long time. But I was just sick and tired of running up and down. And then that's when BMX came. And I was just like, okay, like this is the sport that really makes my personality and me come alive. Yeah. For me personally, like I understand how you can get involved in track. How does someone get involved in BMXing like you did? Because it's really interesting. It's like a, such a cool sport. And I know that people don't understand how physically demanding it is. But how did you, how did you get into it? So my uncle used to come round to my granddad's house because my nan and granddad brought me up and he would be telling the stories all the time about taking his kids away racing and camping and all this. And I would always be like intrigued to what he was sort of talking about. And he's like, do you fancy coming to the track? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, like, I'll come try. I was like, you know, ADHD or whatever back then. I'd do anything. I was wild. Same. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> went to the track. And it was this particular person that I think is the reason why I stayed. There was a guy there called Black Bob, big Jamaican <laughs> guy, spliff hanging out of his mouth. I'm not even kidding you yet. And then he, like, had hundreds of kids and everything. Yeah. Back then, obviously, not like it is today. Yeah. And he was amazing. He was like, yo, gang, right here, Sinead. And, like, welcome me into, like, a family. And I was just like, I feel like I belong in this, like, yeah. this is my home sort of yeah. thing. Amazing. I mean... You actually used to compete against the lads, which I love because I know that you used to walk the lads as well. Mm. How did you find it competing against the lads? Because I can imagine that probably you were one of the only girls that were doing it at that time. Yeah, like it was it was pretty intimidating. But you know something, Ashley, like with my mindset and how I am, if people sort of laugh at me or tell me it can't be done, like I've got this weird mechanism, honestly. Like I'm just like, even if I didn't even believe it as I was saying it, I'm like, I believe it now. Yes. Like I'm like, you yeah. know what I mean? And I've just been that kid that used to look out the high rise flats and be like, for whatever reason, I can do, like my granddad used to say to me, like he was just a plasterer, see him go out grafting all the time. You can be whatever you want to be, girl, if you put the hard work in. Yeah. And I used to see him going out, doing his thing. And I'd be like, yeah. And, and still like now, like I believe that anything I put my mind to do and I want to do it, I can achieve it. And it's just, that's not that arrogancy, but just like I'm prepared to go to places to achieve that goal that others wouldn't be. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And do you think there's part of like the adversity that you faced at the start, whether it was you had to grow up with not a lot of money or you were in a sport where you were the only girl or it was many people telling you that you couldn't? Do you think that adversity is what kind of sparked 
that fighting ability. Yeah, I think definitely. Like, and do you know, like you said, you you know, obviously, like your daughter was your purpose. Like, mine was to get out of where I was. Yeah, like, that, 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 do you know what I mean? I to, yeah. To so I had, I had the purpose. I didn't, you know, like my purpose was to be. I just always felt I deserved better. Like, Crew was a, a little small town. Yeah. You know, like, but I wanted more. Like, and I was like, I said to my mom. I will be moving out of here when I'm 16, right? This is when I was younger. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, like how she gave... The day, last day of my GCSEs, I was 16, boom, moved out to Leeds. And she was like, oh, you did it. Like, she got used to me saying all these things that I'd say I'd do. She was like, oh, you did that as well. And I'm like, anything I say I'm doing, I'm doing. Yeah. So that I guess I had that, like, drive. My drive came from wanting better for myself. Yeah. And, you know, and then in turn, I wanted to help my mum. So I bought her a house and different things. So I had that internal drive awesome. from sort of wanting to help my mum, I guess. Yeah. So that was your purpose. I think in order to be able to survive and succeed in life, you do have to have a purpose. No matter what that purpose is, you have to have a purpose. Have you got any opinions? Because I'm kind of thinking most people that you come across in life must have a purpose. Do you think some people haven't or do you think some people haven't got the strength or the belief system in themselves to be able to follow it and maintain it? I think it's a great question because I've been talking about this recently and I think it's a society thing as well to say like, Oh, you yeah. almost lose your voice because you're told this at this age you do this, this at this age you should be this. And it's almost like, you know, all this, all social media and stuff, it's sort of like diluting or like minimizing. Yeah, like it's yeah. like this is, this is you know, everyone's starting to look the same, like in all of this. And I think like it's hard now to sort of have. So if we've got our purpose, that's amazing. Like, but so many people, like a lot of my friends and, you know, just having these open chats, they don't have a clue what their purpose is because they're like, oh, like I've never even sort of thought about why I need a purpose. I just go to job to get money to, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's quite astounding how many people sort of don't have that purpose. Yeah. You know, like how, what is your substance to being on this planet if you don't have a purpose? Yeah, yeah. And I don't get it because for me, I'm like, you were born to stand out, not to fit in. And you're here for such a short time that I'm like, why do people not make the most of this opportunity of life? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It takes for people, like I have these conversations with my family, but it takes for someone to almost get threatened with a life-threatening disease to make a change to their diet. Yeah. I'm like, you've known full well that that diet's not been conducive to yeah. a healthy lifestyle, yeah. but it's taken that news to sort of rock you to the core to be like, I'll change now. Yeah. I just don't understand like people's mindset. It's like, a, light, a light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And the, the thing is, a lot of people, I mean, I guess you could say I had a light bulb moment. And in these light bulb moments, I, I think it's, it's about the decisions that you make, right? It's kind of like it can either be very negative or very positive. I mean, I've chose to try and do as much as I can with my moment. And that's just down to discipline. I, I think a lot of life is motivation isn't it mm. but you know like in your career and in life life is endurance yeah life sure. isn't a sprint life isn't a quick fix life isn't what you can get in the shortest period of time with the easiest route life is like a long hard enjoying yeah. battle and it's about being able to make the right decisions for as long as possible without making the wrong ones i'm interested to know like in terms of a career what would you say is your highlight moment or give me a highlight reel of your career like the the ones yeah. that are gonna make it. If you were, if there was aliens orbiting this earth, yeah, yeah and you yeah. wanted them to know, Shanae Reed, yeah, yeah, what what would be the moments in your highlight reel? 
uh, I think definitely going to my first Olympics, like but in, in terms of Absolutely like, amazing, yeah, by the way. because you know what it is? Yeah. I was on this plane reading Usain Bolt's book and I was like 17, thought I had everything figured out. Like yeah. I was the youngest cyclist to go. And I was like, yeah, everyone's saying I'm going to win world champion going in. Like my ego was pretty big back then as well. I thought it was amazing. And then I walk into this village and then Usain Bolt's there checking in at the same time. And I'm like, wow. what? The, like, what I'm just a kid like? from crew. Like <laughs> it was just so surreal. And then that him and Mo Farah were like playing on my BMX because they were like, this is a new discipline. BMX had just been put into the Olympics. No they were like, this is guys. And they were like ripping around <laughs> on my BMX. I was just like, it's just so surreal. So I think like, and then just actually, you know, putting on the Great Britain jersey and competing for your country. You know, like you, when you're a kid, you're just competing for yourself. But then when, you know, you're at the Olympic Games, the pinnacle of your sport with the very best it's athletes. The yeah, like, and it was just a surreal moment, that first Olympics. But I think like winning a world title, like it doesn't get, even in life now, nothing gets better. Like you put in every, I, when I go in, I go in and like, all I, in. yeah, all in or, no, or nothing for me. So I used to train as hard as I used to train to be world champion. And I think when I first won it, like was in like two or three years after I'd started racing. But when I won it as a, as a professional, it was just like, I am the best in the world at something and no one is in better than me. fucking world. Yeah, man. It's like a pretty cool concept. I, do you know what I mean? I wanted to be the kid <laughs> that got out. And not only have I got out, I'm the best in the world. Yeah. And that was from self-confidence, you know, like I was self-coached as well. Like I didn't have a coach, I had a sounding board. So I self-coached myself pretty much my whole career because I knew what I needed to do. I was always investing in like education. So like trying to find out about, you know, how I could go faster. Like it was Ash Jeeves back then. And I would be like, how to get Ask stronger. You know, yeah, man. Google, yeah. Oh and I'd God. have like sandbags on my back, like in the garden, because I couldn't afford to go to the gym. So my granddad was like, yeah, you got stronger this week. We'll get another sandbag. And it was like, <laughs> just nuts. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but it's just skinning the cat. So, like, for me... As long as it's skin. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, and I was just like, I, I'll just put in as much as I can. So I really rounded myself as an athlete and had that confidence in myself because I was putting in the work. So yeah. you can't lie to your own self. Yeah. You know? One thing that I took from that, uh, I mean, and it, it's incredible, by the way, and it, and it sounds like you've got, like, by hook or by crook attitude to life. Like, no matter which way you're going to go, you're going to get it done. And that just, like... It makes me realise a certain point, which a lot of people in life think about all the things that are preventing them getting to their goal rather than finding a solution. And it seems like throughout your life, even now, you've been a person that makes the most of that situation, takes the best of what you can from that situation and basically rides it till you deliver. What kind of message would you say to people out there? Because mental health is, is a problem amongst a lot of people now. But I think a lot of it is overcomplicated in a certain way. And a lot of it derives from, obviously, your own belief system in yourself. But also it's about sometimes you have to count your blessings. Mm. Like you, you weren't like, you weren't brought up with privilege, mm. but you were still blessed. Yeah. You counted your blessings. You used your blessings to your advantage. What would you say to people about that? Because... You didn't have it easy. Yeah. You didn't like, have it handed to you on a plate. Yeah. Like, You're a and, fucking grafter. And I'm glad that I had it this way. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that I wasn't from that, like, you know, family that could provide everything for me and the equipment and everything. And I just think to myself, like, 
these people that are in victim mentality and like poor me and like you get what you put in like and if you know like I think it's sometimes having that honest reality I, I love the mirror like I love to look in the mirror because you cannot lie to your own you self what's coming back say you it can't. again say you, it again. you know like whatever you're looking back now how much bullshit you want to bullshit you can't bullshit yourself looking no, back at you no and I yes. think like that's one of the things like when I get honest with myself like I go okay just check in you know just check in stand there do like a three minute sort of routine that I'm like okay let's get real let's get and I and I just like put it down and it's you know if I went about my business all the time saying oh poor me and and this that and the other I wouldn't get anywhere I'd be in the same slug of a boat you know I wouldn't be moving down the stream so to speak I'd be stuck stationary and I guess the more I've gone through life, you have to become your own warrior, like internal warrior, because nobody is going to save my ass. Like, and I've, I've figured that out. Like, I've got a mom who, you know, we have a very loose relationship. I've got a dad who doesn't, he has, I haven't seen my dad in 32 years. I'm sort of a lone wolf. But I've become what I would want somebody to sort of be to me, you yeah. know? Yeah. And like, be, and I, I guess, like, I just then look at like us every single morning I, I have my gratitude diary and just write three things I'm grateful for and just you know like this like this setup and doing this like I've you know a massive fan and so much respect for what you've been through and everything and I just like I'm always grateful for the opportunities no matter how much money I've got in my bank or whatever it is I just take a minute and go like wow like yeah. you know what I mean like just this like it's incredible but people, I think, so like small-minded and like going full guns ahead that they forget to smell the roses and just like chill a bit. My career was like plagued by injuries. Yeah. I had like five operations, which resulted in me retiring from football. Yeah. Right. But I know that you've had a, a lot of injuries. But what's interesting about you is you were still fucking competing while you had those injuries. Like, like what? Like, please, please, like, like, explain this shit to me. Like, explain this to the people that are listening because I don't understand somebody that can have fractures and, and, and get a bit of duct tape and then still go out and do the business. Well, this, but you're the guy who Fierce overcomes mind. everything. Fierce man. mind. So, a broken bone, yeah, like, in, in BMX, we smashed ourselves up. Like, it was a sport that wasn't for the, the, the fate artist, you know what I mean? Like, we were a bit rough around the edges. I mean, you're not cases like, yeah like, essentially yeah but we're controlled nutcases that's what we are like um so anyway like i broke my foot i broke my foot i broke my wrist like so i did this and i was like at world championships i'd crashed in training and i was like okay i'm not come to south africa to win the world championships so i literally asked the mechanic we strapped it up and then won the world championships and i was just like just a little bit of tape when I ride a bike anyway, yeah, like my wrist hurt. Yeah, yeah that's when yeah, the, yeah. How the hell do you... Do Just you... But it's like, like you, you get it done. Tapping like, ability. Yes. I wanted to be world champion. So it didn't matter what was along that journey to get there. I was going to overcome it. So it was like, I always work backwards. I've got the goal. Let's work backwards now. But devise the plan. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's always something you can overcome. No problems, only solutions. Yes. It's okay. Yes. yes. No problems, oh. only solutions. Yeah. And everyone who does all these problems, are oh, this and I'm like no I ain't got time for this it's like people always come to me they, always, they come because like all these like, missions I'm doing they're quite yeah. a lot of planning a lot of people and they come to me like ah oh, so we're not going to be able to do that like what's the plan B I'm like there's no, no, fucking, plan, yeah. there's no fucking plan B that's what we're doing like yeah. you know what I mean you need to go away yeah. speak to that person get options because yeah. we don't do problems we do solutions yeah. that is still happening yeah. and like 
I'm talking about fierce minds and, and I'm sitting opposite somebody and it's just, I love it, everything that you're about. Mm. I mean, your story's just powerful. But like that like ability to be able to, to go through what you went through and still compete, that shows like another level of tenacity. Like, I feel inspired myself because that has come from, that's just something that has naturally been embedded in you. But it's deeper, it goes back deeper. So like, I have raced a lot of races with like concussion and everything, but it was never about the race. It was always about me being the very best that I can be. I actually never liked BMX racing. I never loved the sport. Track cycling, I did, like my story is, I fell into it by accident and become world champion. Didn't like track cycling, it was boring. Epic. Yeah, like, and I was happily to say it was boring because I could, because I was world champion. And I didn't like it. It was like, that was it. But I just think, I always go back, like I have Pandora's box of trauma or whatever, and I'd go into that and whatever I needed to look at to get me out of a situation or like to fire me up, I've always got Pandora's box. Like good, bad, I've, I've gone through all them things, I've, you know, with the traumas that I've been through, but I've got it there to tap in when I need it. Yeah. So anytime I've got a goal of any shape or form, SAS, anything, I'm like, like, okay, if I'm struggling, just let me have a little open up and then remember my reasonings. Yeah. And as soon as I go back to like, am I being the very best that I can be? No, if I say no, it's like, right. And I just think like, I'm always about trying to be the very best that I can be. Yeah. So like, and I, you know what I mean? So like, if it's there's- It's never getting diverted from your roots. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you, you, you've got that person you want to be or you've got that purpose there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, a lot of people they can like, they can go this yeah. way, they can go that they can get like a wall coming there, so they think, oh, they stop at the wall or mm. they try and walk that way. It's kinda of like get over the wall. Yeah. There's a ditch, climb down the ditch yeah. and get back up. It's yeah. like like you say, when there's these problems, it's like one thing about problems is your purpose or goal never changes. Yeah. No matter how much people tell you that you're shit yeah. or you're not capable, yeah. your goal never changes. No matter what injuries you get your goal never yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that if you're passionate about something, like your goal won't change. Yeah, definitely. So it doesn't matter what comes in your way, mm. you have to find the most effective way of getting around it, getting over yeah. it, or fucking running through yeah, it. Yeah, and it's sometimes, yeah, you say you've got to go literally run through it. And that's why you have to be tenacious. Though. Yeah. That's the, where the fierce definitely. mind is. And that belief system, isn't it? Yeah, but I think people... Yeah, I just think people, they go into the victim mentality mode far too easily. Like, I, you know, like... And, and the fact of the matter is, nobody, the way I look at life, yeah. nobody gives a fuck. I mean, I know I've got some... Listen, my community and our community is absolutely incredible. Yeah. They were like, they helped me so much on my journey. Mm -hmm. And they're still helping me now because they all know who my daughter is. They are so supportive of what we're trying to do. And I think without the community, we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. However, on the flip side of things, I also have to look at it like no one gives a fuck. Mm. No one is really on my journey like I am. Yeah. No one is going to help me get to the places I need to go. And so subsequently, no one gives a fuck about my excuses. Mm. My goals don't give a fuck about my excuses. Yeah. Myself can't give a fuck about my excuses to get where I need to go. And I think the sooner people realise that excuses mm. don't matter. Yeah. It's a results business, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Like, I just love it because there's only a few people I speak to. Like, I've got a best friend who's a, a former Royal Marine. He's got that mindset. And, you know, you've got that mindset. And people often who don't have that mindset think I'm weird. And I'm like, 
I think you, you're pretty weird because my, that, surely the purpose of life is to live and not just to exist. And yeah. when I hear someone like you have the same, like, I'm like, yeah. Like, you have to do what you got to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I, my mom's going to hate me. But my mom, like, gets really warm. I mean, in the winter, we call her a polar bear. Yeah? <laughs> in the winter, she walks around in a T-shirt, yeah. It, it's crazy. But so when it's the summer, like, she's uncomfortable. Like, it's a problem for yeah. her. So, I mean, I've got like a tin bath outside. I put ice in a tin bath, proper yeah. caveman style. I haven't invested in an ice bath yet. Hopefully I get one. Um, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the ice bath company. Get onto it. <laughs> yeah. But I said to my mum, get in that bath, fill it with ice, yeah. sit it for five minutes, you'll be cool for the rest of yeah. the night. Problem, solution. She's like, oh, she's like, I ain't doing that. I went, what? But the moan about being hot. Yeah, so, so then I, I let it slide. Then she must have said how she's hot again. And I went... <laughs> Fill the bath up, yeah. Put ice in it. Get in it. Oh, I can't do that. I went, Mom, listen, don't fucking talk to me about being yeah. hot again. <laughs> and this reflects on a lot of people in life. Yeah. A lot of things in life aren't complicated. And it's like, my mom was hot. I gave her a solution, but she wasn't prepared at the time to go through five minutes of discomfort mm -hmm. to sleep the rest of the night like a baby. Yeah. In the end, she did. I, I actually forced her to. Right. And she never looked back. But it's that ability to, like, do the things that will help you out. And, and it's where, like, first you need to be motivated, then you need to be disciplined. Dif yeah, for sure, yeah. Because motivation, like, you cannot be... It's hard yeah. to be motivated. It's not a tangible thing, motivation. It like, runs out. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, cause it, and I always say, like, people are like, why, why, why do you run every day? How do you get motivated to yeah. run every day? How do you it's get motivated? motivation, it's discipline. How do you do it? Yeah. Like, I don't like running. Yeah. I went, I don't like having a fucking yeah. shower. Yeah. But I have to have a shower every day. <laughs> else I'm going to stink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a... Some things are non-negotiable. I have to train yeah. because if I don't, yeah. I feel like shit. Yeah. Work the body, free the mind. Mm. And I try and tell people, you'll never ever train that. and regret it. Mm. You will always feel better, better afterwards. Every time. So if you know yeah. that you're that you're struggling with your mental health, that you've got anxiety, that you're depressing, you know that, that there's a definite solution there, even if it's hard, mm. why are you not capable to do it? Because mm. it's going to make you feel better. I want to get onto this part now because I believe that this is a really like pivotal part of your life. Like, I want to know why you retired from being the best of the best that you were. What caused your retirement and what happened next? So it's a deep question. And so the thing is, the, the answer to why I retired in the newspapers was because just retired naturally. That was not the case. British Cycling forced me to retire because I came to, sh I had six operations on my shoulder wow. and they believed that I wasn't going to be eligible to make Rio Olympics. So they said, right, they set me a lot of targets like to achieve while I was injured, like, like body weight, blah, blah, blah. But at that time as well, I'm a full believer of a higher power of my own understanding. The wheels were coming off. Like, yeah. I just got to a point, you know, when you're tired, like mentally, physically, and I was just like, I've been to two Olympics, and I was just, yeah, I, ju I just was like not the athlete that I wanted to be or should have been. So when they said it, and then they ended up saying, you didn't lose two kilos, so you're off the program. 
So I was like, wow. So literally that day that they told me, the way they told me as well, they got me in the office. So I was their most successful BMX rider and, and everything. They said, I'm sorry to tell you, Sinead, but your membership's expired. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, that's it now. You're done. Your membership's expired. What? I'm like, I don't sign up to this. This is my life. But I don't. it's not an expiry date. That's and Yeah, so that's how it was, right? But fast forward, like, four years later, I'm fully sober, like, living life, like, you know, looking a lot better than I even did when I was racing. They asked me back onto the program. They asked me to come back out of retirement and to come back onto the program, which I did. But I said, the guy who said to me, your membership's expired, I was like, that guy needs to look me in the eyes and say sorry. I said, because, and I said, it was the sensitivity around 25 years of me committing my life and you're just telling me my membership's expired i said where is that you know like the compassion or anything like i've competed for the country and so that was it that was how it ended i drove back to my house wrote my car off i mean i'm, I'm so yeah I, there's a massive there's a massive point here that i want to raise right so People glide over this in sport. Mm. You, you know, if you go on, if you go on Love Island yeah. nowadays or a TV show, right? They talk about aftercare. They yeah. talk about what happens when you're exposed to fame, or what happens when you've had to endure two weeks doing a show on TV. Yeah. But in sport, like you say, you have like twenty years of committing your whole life to something. Yeah. For someone to make an opinion and go, yeah, that, that's it. You're done. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. As simple and as cutthroat as that yeah. happened. I mean, I've got the experience of it in football. I've seen a lot of people around me just gone yeah. like that. It's shocking. Like... Yeah. You, you've got no effective backup yeah. as such, yeah. Do you think that's a part where, like, sport is failing people? Mm-hmm. Because I think it... it's getting better, though. I do yeah. think it's getting better because, like... We had a new performance director that came in from that time, from when I got chucked off the program. So this new guy came in, coming in, and it is getting better. Like, which is great to hear. But it's got them to be taken to court for sexism stuff. It's got them to be in, you know, like the press for bad press because people are saying that, you know, you're not treating athletes with in, with fairness as human beings. You're treating them as like robots. It is getting better, but still, like, like you said about this aftercare. Literally, I got I so that that all ended on the Friday, so I'm like Monday morning. Literally came round right, and I'm like, like I felt like I was in the like I li- in this I live in a big detached house in Cheshire, and I was like, what 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 do you what do normal people do with 24 hours? Like every single year and day of my life, if I was injured, I'd still have like a physio appointment. Yeah. everything was man, ma- like mapped out and measured, and I come to Monday morning and I'm like. Friends are at work, like, I mean, like, I'm like, what do I do? And I remember sitting there thinking, ah, like, I like drinking. I was like, that, you know what I mean? Like, I just have a drink. And and it was just started off in the evenings and, like, and then literally I fell down the wayside. And you look at us as athletes who's competed for our country and, you know, everything else, no aftercare, literally nothing, nothing there. So, like, it's, it's scary, like... You know, there's a lot of athletes that, because I came forward and talked about my suicide attempt, because I didn't want to be, like, I didn't know what I offered society after yeah. I retired. I was just, like, a vulnerable lost girl. Like, I didn't have a clue, like, literally, you know, I don't have, like, a mum and dad that's supportive. My nan and granddad's, like, 80. 
Like I don't have anybody. So like, yeah, I may have been 29 or 30, but I'm still, Sinead's the kid that doesn't know about, you know, everything that was like my agents take care of stuff. And I was literally like lost my agent because I was not a sports person. They chucked me in at that point. And I'm like, what the hell do I do? And I just think, you know, like it's scary, but like we said, it's it's getting better. It is getting better. I I, I just find I find it really crazy, I, and I, I just find it amazing that you, you managed to come back after that, which is, which is true credit to you. It, it really shows the fierce mind. Was there anybody like you said that you didn't have anybody that was around you? Was there anybody during that time? that you did have? Was there anybody that you can remember that did kind of show you that kind heart which helped save you as such? Because, I mean, please feel free to open up about that period if you yeah. feel comfortable doing so. Yeah. And um, I'm just kind of interested because I think there there's a lot of people suffering with what you suffered with. Yeah. I think that it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think that your experience in it and what you did since it is kind of probably more inspiring than the actual career itself. Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because it, it it's inspiring for others. It shows people that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I'd really like it if you could go into that a little bit more and and, and sh share some light on it. Yeah. So I think it'll help a lot of people. I think, like, you know, the stigma around, like, being an alcoholic. Like, I used to, when I was starting to have, like, alcohol issues and, and suffering with it, I was like, well, I can't be an alcoholic because alcoholics drink out of a paper bag and they drink in the morning and blah, blah, blah. But the best thing to ever happen to me, literally, is to become an alcoholic. Like, And the reason why I said that is because when I went into the rooms of AA, I remember going, my girlfriend dropped me off. It was on a Sunday. We'd come, we were coming back from Sunderland. She dropped me off in, in a church car park. And I was like, what, what are we doing in the church car park? She's like, it's not what we're doing, it's what you're doing. Oh, and I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, in Wilmslow. And I, they were like, you need, you need to go in. And I was like, I'm not going in there. I was like, I'm not going in. I've just, I said, I've just come back from the Olympics. I said, I'm not going into the, the into AA. I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. So she was like, look, make or break. So I, was like, I just said, fuck it, I'm going in. I'll go in. Went to this room and there was an arts and crafts thing going on in one room and then AA in the other. And I, thought, I sat there and thought, bingo, I'm in the arts and crafts. Everyone looks brilliant. I thought like, it's definitely not AA. Then they opened the meeting up and said it was AA, and I was like, I was the only one who looked ill. Like, everybody was like, you know, in suits, like, come from work. My perception of what I thought AA was, like, the, for the first meeting I went to, Roy Keane was there, so he's in my, in the fellowship, he's open, so I can say no he is. Way. He was in there. Wow. So I walk in, and I'm like, okay, like, this isn't what I thought alcoholics look like, or, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. young, so I didn't realise. When the love and compassion and care that them people who've been through trauma and pain gave to me freely, didn't, never wanted a single thing from me, and still to this day just want me to be well, like with no money, no nothing, no, you know, and I'm not used to that because people always sort of want something or always have as I've grown up. And I've got a guy and this is the, my sponsor and he basically saved my life, like literally like freely of his time took me through the steps of AA and he was like you don't know if you're having a shit or a haircut you don't know who you are and I'm like yeah and through that program finding who I was it was the best thing like and just living in a, in a nice value system and how you know you treat people with kindness and love and respect and I didn't get taught all that growing up but I got taught that in AA and so to become that 
honestly, the best thing I ever did was give up alcohol. Like it was the best thing, like to do and be present in every place. You know, people go on holiday and they go, oh yeah, let's get smashed. I'm like, if you're actually on holiday and you sit and even just look, it's stunning, it's beautiful. I don't need alcohol to magnify or, you know, amplify anything I'm doing. Yeah, you start, you start having a, I mean, first and foremost, right, like, absolutely incredible AA. I mean, I've got, I'm quite like quite a lot of people mm. ignorant towards it. Yeah, I probably think the same as yeah. what you thought before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you realise that like being an alcoholic, it's got mm. no suit, it's got no identity. Any of us can be it. Yeah. And also, sure. I think it's nothing to be ashamed of. No, because it's and it's <laughs> it's something to be sort of like proud of. I speak openly and say I'm a proud to be an alcoholic. And it went dark, like, like you know, I don't just skirt about it. It wasn't yeah. like I just had hangover every Saturday and be like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. It went dark. But what alcohol did to me is strip me of my soul. Like, it yeah. literally, as time was sort of going on, they called it a progressive illness. And I was like, it was fine to begin with and, and everything. And it slowly but surely... I was drinking, like, not in the mornings. I was a binge drinker. So these different forms of alcoholics as well, which I didn't realise. Because I was like, I don't drink every single day. But when I'm on it, I'm on it. I love yeah. it. So it was like I understood and and, and I got educated on what alco different forms of alcoholics are. And, like, for me, it's honestly the big, the proudest thing. Because giving up alcohol when it's on TV adverts, people give it you for your birthday, you know, you oh go to the corner God. shop and alcohol's like, it's not like yeah. heroin that's sat on the on there with a needle, it's just normal. Just get it, yeah, it's a supermarket, you get it from a supermarket. So to stop that and to sort of like live life as a 29 year old without alcohol, like one single drop in her life was difficult, but it was the best and the hardest sort of journey I went through of self-discovery, but the best I went through. I mean, it's, it's something that's inspiring for me because I, I can't think how long ago it was now. I did seven months right. alcohol-free. I mean, my, my family's always been big drinkers. Mm. We love our whiskey. If we're at a party, we go bottles. Yeah. Deep. That's just yeah. how it is. I like to think, well, I, I, can, I, I can give or take. Mm. So if I set my mind to something that requires me not to drink, I can usually do it. Yeah. But in that like, seven months, it's the longest probably I've been since I've been able to drink that I've gone without alcohol. And I can relate to what you're saying in the fact of like a lot of people, they it's like going to a party, you think, I'm gonna drink at this party because I'm gonna have fun. Yeah. And what I began to realise in having these months and months off drinking was like I went to a party and then when I was bored, mm. I went home. I went there for as long as I needed to be there mm. for me to enjoy it, and then I left, which made me think that when I'm drunk, mm. I'm not really being myself. Mm. I'm not really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm just more tolerant to some things, yeah. less tolerant to others. It's kind of like masking who I really am. Yeah, And I used to wake up with regrets. I used to wake up with that anxiety of not wanting to look at my phone for a day. I used to have all of these things. And I thought, this is just like, it, it just does nothing for me. It costs yeah. me money. It cost me my reputation sometimes. <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? And it cost yeah. me time yeah. because the next day you don't want to do fuck all. Yeah. And having that time off alcohol was absolutely amazing because you st rather than look forward to your weekend so you can get pissed, you start to actually take some time out and realise the things that you actually enjoy doing. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it's a gap filler, yeah. isn't it? Like, oh, what are you going to do this weekend? Oh, I'm going to yeah. go and have a drink. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do tonight? Oh, I'm going to have a drink. What are you going to do? Like, you never have time within yourself yeah. that solitude to think 
what do I actually enjoy? And why are you drinking? Like, what is it you get? Like, this is like, if you think about it, it's like, what? Because you can let your inhibitions go. Like, yeah. I do anyway. Like, I go out yeah. clubbing all the time, like, till five in the morning. Like, give me a Red Bull. I've got ADHD and some sweets and I'm buzzing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't need alcohol to have a good time. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, yeah, like, my, you know, my friends are like, how do you go out and just like, and I'm like, because I don't give a shit what people think of me. Like, so I can let myself loose. I can be free. I can be who I am. Because I do, I stopped caring a long time ago of what people thought of me. So if I want to go out and be, you know, whatever, I do my thing. Who gives a shit what people think? Yeah. But I don't need alcohol to have a good time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's inspiring. I, I, I'd like to say, I mean, I don't I done seven months in. I, I don't I don't really drink a lot yeah. now. I drink on occasions, very rarely, but I drink. I'd like to think that I could give up. It doesn't hinder my life at the yeah. minute. It doesn't affect me, but I'd like to to believe that one day I'd have the strength not to have a drink. Yeah. But at the minute sometimes it's just it's just, it's just not on the agenda right now. It's not on the yeah. agenda right now. <laughs> but you know, that story with you, it's just amazing like how you managed to get out because you said you were close. You mm. were at a point where like oh, yeah. you didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. And it's a scary thought. Mm. But the thing is, like, it, it, it's so common nowadays. Yeah. You, you start to think, you hear somebody that actually will say, like, ah, oh, you know, I was close to doing yeah. it. But then the more like you talk about it, the more you realise that there is actually a lot of people out there Mm. that are on that edge. Yeah, but sometimes it's fantasy as well. Like, sometimes it's like a passing thought, like we can't control our thoughts. So people can be like, oh, you know, I, f I feel like I don't want to be here anymore, but it's actually, they don't actually fully connect with not wanting to be there. And I think when you feel like you fully don't want to be there, that's when it's like scary, like, you know, super scary. Do you think some of the fundamental lessons that drove you in your early days in terms of that tenacity to, to get out and, and, and be that person that you wanted to be like played a part in helping you as well as like the AA? Mm. Do you think part of that kind of discipline that was instilled in you from sport helped you get out of that? Massively. And it's like in AA you get like what's called a sponsor or you can approach someone and they just basically just help you and they take you through the steps and, you know, they're like... I guess your therapist, because they've been there and walked the path before you. And, like, once they sort of showed me what to do and then said, oh, and this is the thing, if anyone tried to give up anything for the rest of their lives, if someone told me I couldn't drink for the rest of my life, I'd be like, nah, mate, that's too much. But tell me not to drink one day at a time, and I can, like, I cannot drink today. Yeah, breaking it down. That's, that's all I've got. That's all you've got. Like, no one's yeah. got tomorrow. So when I got told just one day at a time, I, I literally got to a year in, I'm like... I hadn't drank for 365 awesome. days. I'm that's like, that's awesome. And that's all you've You've literally only got. Tomorrow's not a given. Do you know what I mean? It's a gift if you get it. Yeah. But you've got today. So I'm like, literally, I piece the days. I'm nearly five years sober in there November. There is no tomorrow. No you tomorrow know, is you, a guarantee. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so I don't know what I can control today. I can do 24 hours today. And that's all I do. Every morning, make a conscious decision. Can I do 24 hours without alcohol today? Of course I can. I fucking love that. And that's it, because if someone tells you to do something for a lifetime, that like you go, fuck, a lifetime. Or if someone said to me, you know, you can't drink for five years, I'd be like, Scary. yeah, but don't drink one day at a time, 24 hours of the day, you can do that. Yeah. I think that, I think that falls into like every aspect of life. It falls into like being a successful business owner to being successful in sports to mm -hmm. combating your mental health. Like, what I try and tell people is like, you know, 
being strong, you're not really strong. Mm. You're just making a conscious effort every day to be strong. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, it's the programming. Yeah. It's all about programming. You never, you never really, like, no matter how happy you are, no matter, like, anything in life, how successful you are, you've always got a degree of mental health issues. Mm. And it's not something that you beat. Yeah. And once you beat it, it's done. It's yeah. defeated. I, I think it's something that you have to work on every single day. I do, for sure. Like, And I should say, one that, that I love that. Like, you think one day at a time, you think, how can I be that little bit better today? Yeah. How, what are the building blocks and the little steps I can take today mm. to make myself feel better? Mm. And it's that extra, I always call it the extra 1%. Yeah, that's what I that, say. The extra <laughs> 1%. For you, you are not going yeah. to be 100% every day. Yeah. Nobody is. Yeah. You're not going to be motivated every day, inspired every day. You're not going to feel great you every matter, day. No matter who you are. No matter yeah. who you are. But if you can find that extra 1%, that's the difference between making it through the day, the week, and eventually it'll be the year. Yeah, and I always say this, right? This is a tip that I that works for me. But like when you go to the gym to train, you warm up, don't you? Well, I'm taking it, you'll warm up. I don't leave my front door any single day without doing a mental warm-up for that day. Because when I leave that house, all bets are off. Like, I've got no control over people, places, or things. So I, every single morning, do my morning routine, and it works for me. But just, like, mentally preparing yourself for that day ahead. Like, you don't wouldn't just go into the gym and squat, you know, 200 kilos. You'd warm up to that 200 kilos. Yeah. And I just feel like when you leave that front door... There's so many uncontrollables. That mental warm-up that I do prior to leaving the door, getting myself set, is that allows me to have a good 24 hours ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah, just, just thinking of it as in them small chunks and not seeing things like, you know, like master, like a, like too overwhelming. Yeah. And one thing I, wanna, I want you to talk to me about before we leave today is um, you talk about cycling, so you love to cycle. Do you think that... Um, physical therapy has helped you and has continued to help you stay in that good place because for me mm. that is what keeps me on lock yeah i'll make sure that i go out so i kind of make sure i go out and run like we said before work the body free the mind yeah that's what i preach to people because i know it works yeah i've been in the darkest of places i've climbed out of those holes and i'm hopefully i'm keeping myself out of the holes and mm. the one main standing point of that is that physical therapy mm. how important do you think that is and what, what's your favourite form of it? I, like that day, I went and that was my... That, so I'd retired, not touched a bike, not d done any exercise for like two years, nothing. Didn't yeah. do nothing. On that day, I decided to go to CrossFit and get sober the same day. And I was 100 kilos, no, 102 kilos I went to in body weight. When I was drinking, I'll show you a picture. And I hadn't trained nothing. Like I looked a mess. And I was like, right. Like once I'd sort of gone AA and said, all right, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to commit. I went, right, the only way this is going to work is if I've got stimulus of, of physical exercise. Yeah. I lost four and a half stone in like six months, but it all started. I had to do mental and physical, everything had to be intertwined. Yeah. For me, I can't just do, do a bit of mental health stuff, work on it. It has to be physical exercise yeah. as well. Like it has to be. And I think it's so important to have, you know, the physical exercise aspect to people if they're suffering with mental health. Because like, yeah. I couldn't do it without it. I believe it's a good staple for this day and age. Right? You, you feel shit if you've got no self-worth. Mm. You know, if, if you don't achieve anything, if you're not proud of yourself, mm. if you don't like the person that you are, you start to feel shit. Like your belief yeah. system goes, your confidence. 
for me, if I push myself outside my comfort zone and I and I exercise every day, I test mm. myself, that's one guaranteed achievement. Mm. And then I make sure that I, win, yeah. I achieve every day. Yeah. I win every day. Yeah. I know that not only am I going to be physically fitter, mentally healthier, mm. but I have achieved. My belief system's high. And that's when the motivation stops, the discipline comes in, and you make that conscious effort to do that one thing that you know you're going to feel better doing afterwards. And, yeah, I love it because I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I like to put my head on the pillow at night and just say, like, I, you know, like, the day I got sober, I'm a winner. Like, I've done, you know, today, like, I'm... Like, I went through life being quite a loser for quite a few years. And just to feel that self-worth of, like, yeah, I did something good for me today. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've got a bit better today or I've done this. Like, that's the beauty of life for me. Like, it can't be you stop and stagnant. Like, how I don't understand that. Like, in my, men, in my mentality is, like, growth. Like, how, you know, just keep exploring who I am and what I am and what I can do. But people who don't, I'm like, I don't get them kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, right, I've really enjoyed today. I've really enjoyed today because I love everything that you're about. I love your story. I love what it's taken for you as a person to achieve what you've achieved and got over the things you've got over. I love your attitude. It's fierce. It's quite evident that you've got a kind heart as well. Going over that amazing career and your trials and tribulations, is there anything you'd like to leave us with today? There could be a message, there could be a sentence, there could just be something that you want to say to the people out there that are listening on the spot that has put me on the spot i think i don't have like an actual take home but i think i always like my sort of quote is happiness is the key to success and i thought success was the key to happiness and yeah i'll just leave it there yeah but Love thank it. you like I've, honestly this has been incredible like i could sit and talk to you all day long and yeah, like, it's, it's nice to meet someone with that 1% mindset. That's it. It's good. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. I didn't know what to expect from today, and I can say that the whole conversation has been brilliant to the point where it's like, yeah, time, time, time. I'm like, no, I just want to enjoy talking. So thank you very much for thank coming. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts. If you are suffering, struggling, or want to know more about mental health, head to mind.org.uk. Remember, your voice will always be heard and there is always someone to talk to. Following the tragic passing of my beautiful daughter as a result of leukemia, the Azalea Foundation was created to help fight childhood cancer. Visit the website for more information on how we support childhood cancer research and families or to make a donation.